Hello and welcome to the 151st episode of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie films to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try and to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am delighted to tell you that a week from today, in fact a week yesterday, The Dare will be released and in your faces. My feature film that I co-wrote with Johnny Grant, that I directed, uh, that was produced by Julian Kostoff and made by Millennium Films and B2I Studios, I'm delighted to say will be available. I can't believe it. Uh, it feels unreal. It feels surreal. Um, but I cannot wait for that to be in your eyeballs and in your ears. I've been talking about this since I started the podcast, so it would mean the world to me. If you would support me and the D.A.R.E. journey by just clicking the pre-order link that is in the show notes. If you're in America, you can get that now. It is released in the UK late summer. But if you're in America, please, please, if you like this show in any way or me, um, I would love it if you pre-ordered that and uh, got involved and let me know what you thought. Uh, the trailer is in the show notes as well as the pre-order link. So today, uh, our episode is with the director Kate Madison she talks about how she made her feature um, Born of Hope which was a fan film based on Lord of the Rings which has had over 50 million hits 55-0 on YouTube she also talks about her fantasy action web series Ren the Girl with the Mark which was a huge hit online as that and has had over 8 million hits as well uh, and that she goes into detail about how she made that fantastic web series it really really is good they're in bite-sized chunks and it is now available on Amazon Prime as well so you can get your eyeballs all over that and she's joining us to talk about her second season which she is kickstarting for right now they are pretty much at the end of the kickstarter so jump on board links to that are in the show notes it would mean the world to her if you were to support in any way go have a look if nothing else because there are some amazing amazing behind the scenes videos of how they made it interviews with all the cast and crew it is brilliant go to mythica entertainment on youtube or renttheseries.com all the links to that are in the show notes so that's coming up on today's episode of the Filmmakers Podcast um, with Kate Madison and myself and Robbie McCain. Myself is Giles Alderson, that is I. I am Giles Alderson, I am he. I'm a writer, director and producer and like I mentioned, The Dare is available a week from today. Well, a week less, six days, uh, March the 3rd, it will be available for you. Uh, I'm also the producer of Serial Killer's Guide to Life, which is available now on Sky Store. You can go watch it. It is just happens to be, if they've been working on films for a long time, they all just happen to be coming out around the same time. It's bizarre how that can happen, but it can. It absolutely can. So the Make Your Film event, it has been announced. It is on the 25th of March. If you're in London, get yourself down there. There's no excuses now. We do sell out, so get in there quickly. Uh, our first announced guest is Simon Cox, who has been on the podcast, and he talks all about how he made his fantastic sci-fi epic 
Invasion Planet Earth. Over 17 years in total, but over seven years he was filming it and getting it made because it's so hard to do that on a micro budget or no budget. And he has done that and he's achieved it. And he got to number 19 in the charts and it is a massive success. And he is joining us on the Make Your Film event on March the 25th for me and Dom Lenoir's event. Please come down if you can. Links to that are in the show notes. Rain Dance. Uh, we're giving you 20% off their Saturday Film School. So if you, like Kate Madison, want to go out there and go make uh, a series, a web series, anything like that, and get it out online and do well, then the Saturday Film School is for you. And we're giving you 20% off with the code FILMPOD2020. The Saturday Film School launched the careers of hundreds of British independent filmmakers. The techniques and tools are the ones used by filmmakers like Edgar Wright and Christopher Nolan. So you're in good hands to go out there and go make your films and TV series and web series as well. It has been taken by over 15,000 filmmakers and screenwriters. So if you fancy the Raindance course, link to that are in the show notes. It's Saturday Film School and you get 20% off because we're ace at the Filmmakers Podcast. Right, okay, let's get to this week's episode of the Filmmakers Podcast with the fantastic Kate Madison, myself and Robbie McCain sit down and chat to her all about Ren the series and her fan film that is Born of Hope. I hope you enjoy this week's Filmmakers Podcast. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for joining us on the Filmmakers Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It actually is a real pleasure. Um, we'll talk about Ren in detail because it's an amazing achievement to make anything generally, but to make a really ridiculously su- successful <laughs> YouTube sort of series, it's a fantasy led with swords and sandals, is pretty impressive thank you yeah it's uh i've i've been very lucky i've um like uh my my projects are sort of they always take a a a while to get going and 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 do because they're so big Mm. but but then they they seem to just find an audience people people love it Uh, i did a lord of the rings thing years ago and that found a huge audience and still is finding an audience which is crazy and uh um but the fact that this original uh show is also finding such a large audience is beyond what we were imagining. I was I was ambitiously thinking, like, oh, maybe we could get like half a million people watching each episode. Like mm-hmm. that's what you know. I was looking around other web series and go, well, well, that uh, there was Wizards of Oz is one, and uh, they had uh, large numbers, and I was like. But lots of the others don't. I'm like, well, what? let's try and let's try and do that. Yeah. And now, like eight, you know, eight million views on the whole whole season now, and it's just like, what? Wow, <laughs> I mean, it's really impressive. It's yeah. totally impressive. And we'll get to how and why and what, how you made that. Um, also joining us today is Robbie McCain. Hello, oh, buddy. thank you, Giles. Yeah. It's nice. To, I think it was nice to give you. <laughs> Thanks for acknowledging me, my presence. <laughs> I was gonna not, and then you spoke. I was like, "Oh shit, I've got to do it." Oh, no, <laughs> he's giving himself away. I know, totally. Um, doing the classic thing of talking before the introduction. Introduction, yeah. yeah, but that's a good thing. I that's think. what we like. Because I'll do the main podcast. introduction at home. Yeah, I imagine we are in rain dance. Um, yeah. And thank you, Raindance, for letting us have this space today. It is slightly echoey, but Robbie's going to work his magic, yes. I imagine, on the edit and production. Basically, I've just thrown this Putting at you Putting the pressure now. on, Giles. And made you <laughs> do this episode. Yes. Have you been, Robbie? Because we're in the middle of a uh, TV series right now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all a bit hectic. We're, we're doing another season of our, of our London live show, which mm. is great. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of shuttling drives back and forth to editors across London. So getting, getting a fair few steps on my daily step count, which is good. <laughs> it's basically full on, isn't yeah. it? When you're doing something 
you know that his notes london live is is yeah we don't have assistance on this show we don't have no. assistance so when we've got to do everything do ourselves everything. so as, as producer you kind of got to do all the things that you would normally have yeah runners and, yeah. and research assistants for so Mm. So we don't have them. So when you look at the credits uh, on Hot Topics, just two it's people, just, is it? Robbie did this, Giles did this, Robbie did this, Giles did this. It's kind of like the joke credits from yeah, it's the joke. Monty yeah. Python or something like yeah. that. Yeah. We start making up names for each but other. But filmmakers yeah. will be used to that. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole, like, it's so part of independent film is being able to do more than one job. Mm. I agree um, with that. Or being yeah. able to do every job. Well, <laughs> well exactly. I mean, that, that's basically it. But yeah, exactly. You sort of end up doing uh, everything because you, you often have to. When there's, especially when there's no budget, you're mm. like, who the else buck, is going to do buck this? Stops with you. Yeah. yeah, it's like I want to do this. Um, who else is going to slog away? You know, doing this edit or doing whatever when there's no budget to ask people to do it. It's mm, like, yeah. and and it's. It's tough, but you learn a lot um, because yeah. you have to. You have to. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> so you have learn to. every job. Yeah. How, when did you start learning every job? Because you were an actress and you still are. Um, when did you learn to say, "Oh, I'm going to do the other side of the camera"? And I, do I mean, pretty much straight away. Um, really? I mean, well, I say um, so. Yeah, I, I've done acting since I was a kid and really loved all that sort of creative stuff. There was a group in Cambridge. Uh, that I got involved with the footlights, just, obviously. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> only. <no. laughs> yeah, it was just it was Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Filmmakers Network at the time. Um, nice. There's various groups that sort of come and go from Cambridge, but there's a lot of filmmakers in Cambridge, and uh, yeah, I, I got involved in them and uh, and did a helped out on a short film. I think I was the script supervisor on that very oh, first well. film, but a lot of the, you know typical of short film or very of every film is problem solving but things went wrong on that production it was just a weekend shoot and like on the sunday every we had to basically start from scratch and it really taught me to sort of because i couldn't be a script supervisor anymore there was no script we were starting again it was the moment where i went i might be able to direct this mm. or you know direct something because just sort of seeing how um interactive it is on a film set you know like there is always someone who's got your back there's always someone with ideas um and and just no, realizing i had ideas of how to do things um and being good with people as well yeah and i can see you're good with people straight away and i think that's really important as a filmmaker as producer director in that top end crate but actually i think in any role in the filmmaking my my sort of attitude is always that it's it's hard work making a film. Like it, yes. it can be fun, mm -hmm. um, and the end result can be amazing. But it, it, it's a lot of work. It, it's it, a little bubble you disappear into, and you, you, really you know, do. and um, and and just and generally in life as well. Life is hard. Like let's make it easier on ourselves. I, so I like that positivity environment. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not good with sort of like people being negative, like too negative about stuff or whatever, or bringing mm. things down. So um, yeah, so I do try and cultivate a, a fun set uh, a, a, a working set but mm -hmm. one that's pleasant to be on you know I, I don't want um, uh, people to, to not be enjoying themselves and things or not sort of having uh, feeling like also that uh, cultivates creativity as well yeah. like if people feel free to be able to speak up and sort of suggest things or whatever and they don't feel oppressed by whatever um, then uh, yeah, it's just a much nicer environment, and we just get on with it, sort of thing, yeah. and and try and and not 
yeah not let it stress you out so I think that helps me not getting so stressed and and not having other team members who get or at least openly yeah everyone gets stressed but like don't, totally. don't bring that out on other people I think really helps mm, yeah um yeah and then just bringing in people who who have that same kind of attitude of mm-hmm. we're trying to make something we're aiming for the stars so let's see what we can do sort yeah. of thing and, and people love that I think absolutely shoot for the moon isn't it I think yeah. it's I think it's vital um yeah. when you do that so obviously we're here to talk about Ren you're you're in your kickstarter right now for season two for we season are. two which is ace the fact that it's done so well and now you're going well let's do another one yeah which is I, super exciting it was always the intention that it was a an ongoing series mm-hmm. um and finally we're at a stage where we're like we're going to make new episodes if if the if the audience wants it we'll make more like yeah which is, and this is super uh, so everyone knows Ren is a web series <laughs> yeah there's there's five sort of 10 minute episodes mm-hmm. that make up our season one and you can watch them all on YouTube yes um, but we're also on various other platforms including Amazon Prime which mm-hmm. is so good we thought it was best to condense it all into one episode instead of five 10 minute episodes with all the previously ons um, and so it's edited into a 45 minute cut um, and that's with with so the some, some, some scenes tweaks. have been tweaked just slightly. Yes. There's like a couple of extra shots even. It's like the Godfather saga cut. Well, let's jump back to why you thought about doing this because it's really hard to do a fantasy series anyway. Swords, sandals, that kind of vibe, you know, yeah. with at the time you're thinking, oh gosh, we've got no money. Production we, design is... Production yeah. design is huge. You know about so this, Giles. I do know about this, Because you've Robbie. done King Arthur. Mm. Absolutely. And Arthur now, and Merlin, Knights of Camelot, and you've done the Boudicca short. The Boudicca short as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've had some people who've worked on that uh, yeah. who also worked on Ren. And I think I know how hard it is. But why did you come up with the idea in the first place to to do this? Talk us back through there and how you built the audience. Because you could have chosen easier concepts. To yes, do short you could have. Like, I don't you? seem to have easier concepts <laughs> in my mind. No, but that's fantastic because a lot of people maybe don't necessarily, they might have ideas for films, but they might think mm, they'll never mm. be able to do that because it's such a big budget. Yeah. But you've obviously shown that you can do that. You know, yeah. you, you, We live in an age where you can... Yeah. do a lot of these things by you know being a bit clever and, and yeah, getting, getting the right people on board fi- figuring out how you can attack something like this from what angle to to make it doable is is the interesting thing i find with mm. fantasy but because this is the first thing you also directed as far as i can tell i might be wrong but in terms of i i haven't done a huge amount i directed born of hope the lord of the rings was that before the wren then yes ah okay yes. that's brilliant by yeah, the way we'll get on to that it's basically a lord of the rings fan film <laughs> yeah. which isn't like an hour and 10 minutes it, yeah it's, it's it's pretty much a feature film like lord of the rings prequel it's I, i'm amazed you did this and again so okay so this is first yeah right, i thought it was after right. no this is this was 10 this has been out on the internet now for 10 years it's had about 50 million views or something 50 crazy million views which is insane let's is jump insane. there first and okay. then it'll bring us to ren obviously now that's why you want us to do ren and do the sort of you you've done that world mm. Why do Born of Hope? Why do your Lord of the Rings fantasy film? Because that must have been ridiculously hard. Well, yeah. So um, I was luckily uh, still young and naive. <laughs> <laughs> and thought the world would take well, over. Well, pretty much. Because yeah. um, I had, like, before that, I I'd literally uh, had done, I'd helped out on a couple of short films of that. And then, and I uh, directed a, sh- a short, well, I say a short film, it was a half an hour film. Mm-hmm. Um 
again, which was sort of, yeah, sword fighting. It was it was nicknamed Bufflander, that one, because it was a bit Buffy, a bit Highlander. Bufflander. Yeah, Bufflander. It was actually called Into the Darkness. I think it's on the YouTube. Really, it's not good. But um, Bufflander's a better title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bufflander is great. But it was like, yeah, it was ancient. It was de- demons and angels and an ancient book. And someone had, to, you know, a human who was caught in the middle of, it was, you know, it sounds epic, but um, but it needed some work. It's fine, but, but a great experience. Great experience. You, right? I totally, like, that was my, like, I did not do film school or anything like this. It, mm-hmm. um, I, I learned from watching movies, from watching a few probably tutorials, I had a few books or whatever, but really I just went out and made stuff. Um, and I was lucky that I also had a team of people around me who had the knowledge and, and helped guide me through, which is okay. so important too. Yes. Um, but yeah, so after that, I was like, I, I have this one idea which is born of hope. And um, the, that came about after basically after watching lord of the rings um like, i can do that yeah peter jackson kinda. what have you got <laughs> you got now on me hold my go. beer peter jackson <laughs> yeah, yeah, i'll show you how it's done it was, <laughs> 19 oscars i know i know it's just i watched i watched that that film and all those films and um and then i was and I, I think I was also watching all the behind the scenes. And I it was love those su- behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. watching those behind the scenes, I was like, oh, I want to have an experience like that. That looks mm. like such an ex- like thing to, to work on, to that mm-hmm. the, the friendships that were made, all this sort of stuff. And there was something that was just drawing me in. And um, I, uh, I mean, the spark for Born of Hope was, was reading about a, a fan film competition at some convention oh. but they wanted like a five minute film but that just triggered like, nah, something nah, nah, nah. I can do better than that five <laughs> minutes <laughs> pretty much I just sort of started work like it just started developing and obviously and that that deadline came and went but that idea stayed mm. um and yeah spent a number of years uh working working towards Born of Hope we did a test shoot sort of thing a few scenes um and uh and went oh this is this is possible this mm-hmm. could work you know and then and then just went just kept just kept going really um did you did you know did you get the actors around you how did you get the crew so how i, did you I put it we did we did cast we did uh, casting for that that's uh, so i knew christopher dane because he had actually been in i, I met him on uh, into the darkness okay he had been cast in that and i could have because i kind of inherited that uh, script and film in a way from the director who had to move back to the States I see. and I went I claim this Absolutely, <laughs> I want this this is my kind of film mm. um, and he played Aragorn so slash Arathorn y- yes yes uh, no he played Arathorn the father of Aragorn Aragorn was a two-year-old in that film uh, yes, pretty much fine, or two-week-old okay. two-year-old <laughs> get it right you've got like a million Lord of the Rings fans shaking their fists right now <laughs> shaking their fists absolutely <laughs> did you raise any money for this how did you yeah so I mean Born of Hope was also crowdfunded really this before Kickstarter and Indiegogo or any of these sort of sites were in existence but I started f- self-funding it because at that time I had money well, <laughs> um, but then I became you. a filmmaker and, <laughs> yeah, and that disappeared didn't. yeah <laughs> um, but I had a little bit of money <laughs> in, in the bank and I started sort of self-funding it and then realized very quickly that this was not even though you know everyone was volunteering all this sort of stuff but just feeding people just um, um, costumes Travel, costume, wigs there. everything yeah. like that and so we again we turned to the audience who were watching because we were because they'd seen the, I'd, I'd gone around with the test shoot footage and we put that out. Um, 
uh, and I'd gone to some conventions and got the likes of people at uh, Richard Taylor at Weta had sort of seen it and given us a kind of thumbs up, wow. which was like amazing. Yeah, I love that. And He's all this a legend sort of stuff. in, the, he is in a the Lord legend. of the Rings behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've been very lucky to have met him and things and it's, it's great. And, um, yeah, so that all helped. So we had a kind of bit of a following and obviously there was a lot of Lord of the Rings fans out there and we just turned to them and said, we want to keep making this. We want to finish this film because mm -hmm. we were sort of filming it in sort of chunks. We filmed it over a year and a half in the end. Um, okay. And uh, we turned to them and just had a PayPal donation button thing and just there enough trickled in to, to sort of keep the production going. That's and amazing. Did you find them through like fan sites and stuff like that? I think, yeah, we just, um, I'm, I'm trying to sort of remember where it all got put. We just put it on YouTube. Uh, I think that we did a little fun video called don't give, which was based at the time on a, a video called don't vote, which was a, a lot of celebrities in America doing a sort of like, don't vote unless you care about healthcare, blah, blah, blah. And we just like wow. rescripted it to us. Going, okay. you know, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't give, yeah. oh, unless you want to see this and like, you know, like all this kind like of reverse was, psychology. Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun video. Like, and we just we we didn't rip it off. We just uh, we were inspired by it. Isn't that how we as filmmakers are? Isn't that what we should be? We're yeah. inspired we were by inspired. other people's work who are great. Yeah. Had you planned your shots? Had you sort of really gone through? Because it's it, the woodland looks great. Some of the action looks fantastic. And I'm like, okay, this is this is really decent. Now, I don't know if you've seen Phil Hawkins' Star Wars yes, uh, Origins. Yes, of course. Which has got Christopher Danes, obviously, involved yeah, in Phil Hawkins' I love Phil, stuff. Yeah, yeah Phil I was great. like, yes. When he was talking about sort of doing that, I was mm. just like, yes, yes this is I it. Yes, I did the Phil, same. Phil, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's great. Um, and I felt the same with yours when I watched yours. Uh, I was like, wow, there's some really strong sort of look to it and really well made, the sword fights and everything. I was like, hang on, this, this is really good. So had you planned that? Had you sort of storyboarded in any way? Had you set up how you thought this could be? And I didn't probably storyboard enough. <laughs> like, but I think there was probably a sort of storyboard in my head, even if I didn't necessarily have it down on paper. Uh -huh. um, but certain things, it was just, um, you know, what can we do on the day and things. Um, so a bit of a mixture, which is why it's so interesting that it does seem to have a cohesive look to it. Mm -hmm. Um but um, uh, yeah, so some of the things were sort of storyboarded. We have had R.C. Annie uh, doing oh, yeah. our um, stunts, a lot of our fights and stunts mm -hmm. at the time, but also um, uh, Lewis Penfold um, did lots of our fights at the end, like the, the sort of climactic stuff at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, Lewis was heavily involved in, who also plays the main orc that, that Chris fights. So the, the big orc, the orc fight at the end is our, is our fight guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we did a lot of, we, we actually, one thing I was able to do, which we weren't so able to do with Ren because of time and things, uh, was to do a lot of uh, fight rehearsals and sort of workshops. So we did workshops where people would play orcs and play Ren and like we look at the fighting styles and things so it was really fun to just explore all of that stuff it must have been amazing yeah, yeah. we got some, there's some lovely behind the scenes stuff of, of people running around as, as orcs and doing orc fights and, and people as rangers and you know like how hard it is to get so low and sort of all doing <laughs> scuttling around and things yeah. and I, I got involved in that we were all just playing orcs at times yeah which like, has been fun um, and in terms of location then because again you've got all this woodland and it looks great is that in Cambridge did you minds to blag stuff because again there's no budget really no so uh yeah what we did so uh the main location really for um for born of hope was um 
was Westow Anglo-Saxon Village, which is out near Bury St. Edmunds. Mm. So it's relatively close to me. And uh, I I just got in touch with them. It was just a don't ask, don't get, but that's the philosophy you need to use. It's totally. Uh, so yeah, got in touch and, and they were they were up for it. And I think, you know, it was that thing of like, we come for one week and then, and then we're like, can we come again? Can we hook it sort of in a way? Mm-hmm. Um, but but we just did it. We, the place stayed open to the public the whole time. So because um, so you've uh, got people watching as yeah, you're filming. Yeah, sometimes we just had we had sometimes well. had big crowds, and sometimes you just get two people wandering around going, "What is going on?" <laughs> the woodland uh, in Bourne of Hope and in Wren is Epping Forest, right near London. Is like, it really? Yeah, I okay. I've. Um, I can't remember if I sort of found that because at the same time as Born of Hope, um, my friend started making um, Hunt for Gollum as well. Mm, and okay. so uh, so I think he may have discovered the area in Epping Forest first. And then I went, well, that's good. Let's, mm-hmm. you know. So um, so we were sort of helping. Like I think I was loaning costumes and the other way around, we were sort of like um, mixing, matching. And um, uh, yeah, and, and Epping's just beautiful. It's wonderful ancient woodland. It's so close to London. It's so uh, big and nice. And it's just stunning. I, I, I'm a big fan of woodland and it, it's just a really nice one. Yeah. So we went there a bunch. Um, and uh, yeah, we managed to sort of like get that for a s- very small fee. But I think what's really interesting what you said there is if you don't ask, you don't get. And I think as filmmakers, you just have to. And people are so scared of doing that and going, oh, I better not make my short because I haven't got a house. Or I haven't got this. Yeah. But if you just ask, yeah. people say yes. I mean, people, could, you know, the worst they're going to say is no. And then mm-hmm. you can ask someone else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, yeah, with, with Born of Hope, we, we got all this amazing stuff. Um, Norton Armouries, uh, who have now been sort of, in a way, partners with us or have worked with us uh, so much. Um, they, they supplied a bunch of um, this rubber armor for our orcs. And again, I just, I went, your stuff is cool. It's cool. Would you, would you be interested mm-hmm. in helping out? And, uh, and John brought a whole load of our armor and we dressed up our orcs and just added to what we had. Um, and all of our Kanath army in Wren are all dressed with um, the armor from Norton Armories as well. So yeah, you can build some wonderful partnerships and relationships with people. Yeah. Uh, again, if you just ask. I totally agree. So now you've built this up, it, you put it out there on YouTube and it just started to do well straight away. I mean, was there any fanfare? Did you do any big push? Uh, so with Born of Hope, what really helped us was I did a little interview uh, for a local paper in uh, the, the February or so uh, after we'd launched. So we launched in December and then in February I did, so it didn't be doing all right, but nothing sort of spectacular. I did a little interview for a local paper and the next day, all the papers wanted, like National wanted to know about it. It suddenly became a story that took off because it was like, you know, super, super fan spends life savings making, you know, in six years making this film or whatever. It became a story. Yes. And everybody wanted to talk to me for about two days and then it's gone again. But it, like, so I was on the news, I was on Radio 2, I was on various things. Um, and, uh, and that obviously peaked uh, the the views a lot so what's important then i suppose for anyone trying to get the film out there is keep doing the pr keep doing the publicity yeah. keep talking it's, about the it's film it's hard you, never um, know. you know yeah it's hard to get that thing i was very lucky with the last one that it uh, yeah that it found a store the people that someone locked onto a story that really worked for it um and it can be hard you, you're making an, an independent film like a lot of other people finding that story if you if you can try and sort of uh pitch a story out there that's going to get someone hooked then that would be great um 
but it it can be difficult to there's a lot of white noise out there about filmmaking so there really is yeah. um, so much so what did you learn from um, Born of Hope that you took to Wren and the fact that you kept wanting to carry on you know <laughs> making sort of you know movies or TV so it was like well I, I still want to do this so yeah. what did you what did you learn from that and did you go okay I'm, I'll try not to do that next time was there anything you thought of at the time that you went oh. one of the things that appealed to me about doing Wren uh, or doing a, a series is like I've got a lot of actor friends I've got a lot of crew friends and it's like let's do something we can keep coming back and making more stuff mm. like that was um, the thing that really appealed like Born of Hope we made it we it was crowdfunded and we put it out and people liked it and it's like I just want to make something and get it out there and so that's kind of why I went what if we could sort of make a bunch of shorts that become like a web series so why don't you tell our lovely uh, listeners what Ren is about. Um, Robbie will then play the trailer and then we'll talk about the making of it. Okay. Um, so Ren is about a young woman who um, lives in a very provincial town. She's uh, looking after her family. She argues with her father um, and finds herself out in the woods encountering a couple of outlaws who have stolen a thing called a wreatha. And this wreatha gets broken and the it releases a spirit which goes inside of Ren gives her a mark on her face and this in her world is not good uh, she's essentially possessed by a demon and basically run away from the kanath who are now pursuing her um, so yeah we we launch into what happens next basically the kanath protect us why don't you like them you don't know them as i do I know they saved us from the marked ones. There's only one reason why they'd be in Lindor. But no one here has ever seen a marked one. Who are you? Galvin! A Mari spirit. It's found a new vessel. I'm marked. What have you done, Ren? You won't go away, will you, Ren? I can't leave. My family needs me. All the people you know will think you're evil. <clears throat> Dangerous. They will hunt you down. Anyone caught harboring a mark will be punished. Anyone caught helping a mark will be punished. Anyone caught in support of a mark will be punished. Amazing. Uh, and as you can hear by that, there's so much going on there. It really is great. It's really worth checking out. Go on YouTube as soon as you've listened to this and all the links will be in the show notes and, and do watch the first series and like I say the second series you're crowdfunding for now which is great so again click the link support if you can um, so let's talk about how you actually because you said you kickstarted it so let's talk about how you did that we crowdfunded the first season of Wren um, and uh, was still a bit naive I think to crowdfunding at that time I had all I had done before that is I tried to do an Indiegogo campaign for a pirate project I wanted to do pirate yeah cool it's a whole other thing I yeah I, I really is that in the work still or? it's it's <laughs> in the back of my head is something I really want to see done uh, about Mary Reed one of the uh, two famous female pirates from the golden age but yeah so the pirate project like was just a was a taster of how how to do it um and then for for ren and we did go and shoot a trailer in the end for that that was a whole other thing but right. uh, so what did you learn from doing that that you then applied to the ren campaign so building on that audience as much as possible so so the audience of fantasy yeah so for season fantasy one obviously genre. we hadn't made 
a ren at all. We, mm. It was very much like, this is the idea. Believe me, it's going to be good. Which is hard <laughs> to sell. Like, um, and, uh, and although we had, you know, at, even at that time, millions of people had watched uh, Born of Hope. We didn't have like a, a big mailing list of people or something. You, you can't really contact people on YouTube very easily. No. So people can see things and disappear again. Um, so uh, it was quite a, a, um, a hard campaign last time. It, it, and, and we raised a lot of money mm. uh, for Kickstarter. It was like thirty six thousand. We ended up raising it's last huge time. Huge amount. Yeah, to, for, to a try, to, for a film, web series, especially if for you a, like. yeah. yeah, for a project like this. I definitely feel there's a as there's a proper psychology involved in crowdfunding. Mm. Um, Tell us know, about that. <laughs> well, just <laughs> please, just, yeah. just in the sense that because listeners want to know. Like, yeah. well, I mean, uh, we. We just we last time you know we were we were struggling a lot more than we are now, which is brilliant. Um, but you know, so you know, we hadn't hit fifty percent, for example, by halfway through our campaign, and it was mm. like, this is this is tough. So we really had to sort of nudge to try and get those break those sort of things because I feel like anyone looking going, oh, they're not even at 50%. Are they going to make it? Exactly. Shall I even um, bother putting yeah. in? Yeah. And I also thought, because we wanted the 35,000 uh, when we were on 29,000 um, and when we made like, I don't know, 10 grand or something in the last day, like the very last 24 hours of ours is just Peak. crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, does 20, 29,000 seem unachievable to, 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 to 35 in comparison to 30,000? Like I was just looking at it, just trying to sort of figure out all this psychology and sort of like, how mm. do we, you know, how can we sort of thing and, and try to sort of encourage people to, can we get to 30 at least so yes, that then, then it feels more achievable and, place, and all yeah. this sort of stuff. So, so a lot of it is about like giving, you know, making sure people... Um, are feeling confident that the project is definitely going to come through and yeah. like you know making sure that you're you're showing people that you're on an upward trend why we set our target is what we did because of um knowing our, our audience this time we'd been we'd spent a year collecting um uh gathering people onto our mailing list to to, to find those fans who really wanted to help mm. um and then doing a pre-pledged thing to see how many of them really are willing to click a button and you know say that they're going to give and and from all that we were able to sort of put together something to go okay i think this is what's achievable i think this is how many backers we'll get hopefully we'll get more whatever um but uh it's still a bit of a a, a guess guessing work at the end um but we uh yeah we've we've hit our 25 percent which is great mm -hmm. we would have loved to have hit 30 by now but you know we're doing really well we're, we're not even a quarter of the way uh, through and we hit at a quarter so yeah, this, is, is, this is good it is good it is, is good. good yeah I remember when we did the food for thought one uh, and I think we were on we raised 75k in the end which is ridiculous it's and amazing you did that with Indiegogo right or no Go we did it with Go Crowdfunder Crowdfunder yeah and they, it was specifically targeted more for environment friendly and mm -hmm. we were targeting people who care about the planet you know more than just actor friends or you know this we, we were like these are the people we want to target and we specifically 
you, not like you were saying it's about really thinking about who your audience would be and going right if we target them this week and this is who we're going to push then and oh gosh if we've raised over that much by then we can then go to these guys and say hey we've raised this much all we need now is this to get that bigger push and that's exactly what you say it's about being clever with it and actually yeah. really thinking about it so when you needed to find build up that initial email kind of list that you were saying like yeah. what was your process for doing that were you going to like different forums or like different you know websites about you know that were interested in the fantasy genre or you know how, what was your process for for acquiring that kind of initial list of people that you so were yeah so we started off with our initial fans so we did have obviously people who backed last time mm. our cast and crew from born of hope uh, no, from the right. first season of Ren, but also from Born of Hope. Yeah, okay. so all of those sort of any uh, we did. I did have a mailing list for Born of Hope. So again, all all of those people were approached and said, "Want to join this new mailing list?" Basically, because of and and also with the whole data collection recent, relatively recently last year, um, we we sort of restarted our mailing list to a certain degree and and asked people to come across. So um, uh, we've been encouraging people to move across rather than just put everyone together. Um, we wanted everyone to verify that they definitely wanted to be on <laughs> and all this sort that of stuff. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started off with what we already had. And then e like even at events and stuff, we had a sort of, you know, sign up. Sign up sheet. You know, sheet, That's yeah. That's clever, yeah. On our... Um, all of our um, our uh, mail outs. So, so like we really started pushing this um, beginning of last year. Uh, and so it's mostly been through social media. So mm. all of our, our posts are trying to encourage people to get to to come come and join the mailing list to show support. We, we basically set a target of um, about 5,000 signups to kind of uh, go, okay, if we get this many signups, we can probably, we can launch our crowdfunder. So we, we, yeah, got an idea of how many people we might need. Um, and, and then it's just desperately trying to encourage people. We've now got like, we've got a hundred thousand subscribers now on our YouTube channel, which is ridiculous. It's and, incredible. And amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but trying to like convince them to come over to a main list is quite difficult, yes. you know? So, um, can you though with YouTube, I suppose, I imagine you put up your crowdfunding video on your, um, yeah. YouTube channel yeah and then i suppose you can put links under your uh, all the other videos and keep when someone puts a comment go hey go here to support Is yeah it all there's that a lot of, of that going yeah. on okay, e even good. on the amazon prime if, if someone's commented and maybe sort said why is there only one episode i'm like well we're currently trying to do more so there's Perfect. a lot of that sort of stuff trying to sort of uh, find people who clearly are interested and make sure they know that the crowdfunding funding is happening mm -hmm. um and uh yeah and uh, press and various things but yeah just just building that list just just encouraging people from all the social media to sort of come into a natural mailing list so that you can contact them because otherwise people can easily miss a tweet and they can mm -hmm. easily miss yeah, anything yeah. like even if they follow you and even if they got the notification bell on even if they got this <laughs> yeah. whatever like it's so easy to miss stuff um like i find out about crowdfunding that my friends have just done and like what how did and how did I, I miss I'm, that? I'm your friend and I missed that you were doing this. So, mm -hmm. so it's so important. And, and the main list has definitely been really good 
for that. Um, yeah, so they do say email is one of the best ways to do crowdfunding. We really worked hard at making sure we were emailing people all the time. And the same group, if you haven't done yet, please do. And guess we're nearly there. Yeah. And it was a full-time job. It was, there was it, no yeah. question about it. I've done three now and I don't know if I'd want to do another one. Yeah, they are I'm tough. right I- at the end of going, <laughs> yeah, no, I've done that. And yeah, mm, but I suppose where, where you're at, you've got something massively to show for it to say, well, look, if you want to see more, this is the way we have to do it right now. Yeah. It's, it's like you said with the, with the fact that it's a series, that it's the crew and the production team are, keep coming back to it. You've got like a built-in audience as well almost. Mm. So you're, you're not started from scratch each time no, like, like you would be with an, a separate project. That's yeah. the thing, yeah, exactly. So this, this we're, yeah, we're in a much better place this se- this season for making more stuff because yeah, people can literally watch the the episode before and be like, okay, this is the next thing. Mm. But yeah, it is um, it is an interesting battle. But there's no funding for web series in the UK, I know. Uh, as far as I know. Please tell me if I'm wrong. But well, I, it's, it's just I tough to make money from web series. This is there, the problem yes. that, that a lot of people have is saying, well, great, we want web series and we want these 10 minute shorts because people now, kids especially, they concentration levels aren't going for 30 minutes. It's 10 minutes. That'll do. So yours is perfect. Yeah. But how, where's the platform for these? And there are platforms, but then it's driving the right people there. And do you get paid from that? Just, oh, not enough. Yeah, this is the hard thing. I think there's like, um, we, we, um, we've talked to some people at times about potential platforms and stuff in the States and places like that and mm-hmm. things, but there, it, there isn't a huge amount going on in the UK for it. Um, but yeah, we're still looking. I mean, Ren was always an experiment in this sort of, field one into web series at all but into something so ambitious as a web series this isn't you know three people in a kitchen it's just really chatting not. you know so it's like can this even be done and and this second you know this campaign for for new episodes is is very much a continuation of that of like you know we did it the first time we made it work we did we had to beg borrow borrow and steal a lot and mm-hmm. uh, and and everyone was working for free and things like to make this sustainable can can we make this sustainable? First series then, how did you go about making it? You've now got a reasonable amount of money to go make something like this, but you've got sorts. You've got to find the right locations. You've got to find the actors. You've got, it's you've a got horses. Horses. <laughs> Giles, uh, are horses difficult to work with? <laughs> Robbie, I couldn't say. <laughs> In the rain with horses. Yeah, it's not easy mm. to work with horses. So you've got all that. How did you, let's, how did you go about, you go, oh my God, right, I'm making this. What did you do? What was your process? How did you get everyone involved? Cast, crew, everything? Um, so we, st- I think one of the very first things, I mean, we'd been working on the scripts, but the scripts kind of continued to be worked on really until literally we were filming. I mean, I was writing certain scenes. We wrote a flashback scene, mm-hmm. which, uh, which we have ready to go as part of a special sort of kickstarter thing oh, at some up. point okay yeah okay. we've got it ready it's been sort of on hold like and only people who've seen the dvd have seen this um but that's that's waiting for a special wow. occasion basically Exclusive content. yeah so basically. you've got to do that with your crowdfunds you have something saving later yeah and guess yeah what? You so could get this. Okay. you know and it's and it didn't end up in the show and we're like right we, we put out a deleted scene relatively recently and we're like well let's save this one for for this yeah. so um, and just to say you wrote it with christine and michelle yeah. um uh, michelle golder, golder yes she was our producer and she helped out a bunch on the story as mm, well great. and chris and i yeah wrote the thing uh and uh, so we went out and started f- 
casting i think feels like one of the first things was we need to find ren and we need to find hunter uh chris was going to play khan so we, yep. there was a few other roles but but who was going to be ren was mm. a, kind of the main thing because it's called ren it's called you ren need a we, knew, we knew straight away it's like this is a bad idea don't call it ren <laughs> <laughs> yes call it but, anything else <laughs> you know, um but yeah so we we went out and uh we did a whole bunch of cast we, we got self tapes in from people um i quite that's, did you put it out on spotlight did you just do it on your we socials did it on, we did it on on a lot of things i think we ended mandy up on spotlight too. at the time casting cool pro which is now mandy.com yes and uh probably shooting people in various places um and we got a whole bunch of self tapes from people which were awesome and then from that we we brought in a few people to to read for the roles and i actually did casting i really like doing gr- kind of group casting almost so mm. i did I, I auditioned wrens and hunters together sort of thing we mixed and matched people that's cool yeah well i just i mean i think it's easy for the actors right yeah, i mean like, that's a good way to do this it this is the thing like yeah. acting is reacting so much that if you're just reading with someone sitting off camera and sta- yes. just standing there statically and i'm like this one it doesn't show me very much what you can really do mm-hmm. and it doesn't give the actor much to play off so uh, this was a perfect way i thought to do it um where yeah you can get two of them interacting with each other doing scenes like making the scene come alive not just standing there doing the lines yeah um and so yeah we did all that and we found uh we found hunter that way but i didn't find ren i was like there's some there were some wonderful actresses Mm -hmm. but i was like i don't think we found them and um we went so we would kind of went back into like who else haven't we found and i think harriet who was helping me with casting at the time uh i'm not completely sure but i think she actually found sophie on mandy.com and asked her if she would send in a self-tape this is sophie skelton yes this is sophie skelton so i think that's the way around either that or sophie found i'm not completely sure um how it happened but sophie sent in a self-tape and we were like that's that she's she's really cool and um harriet brought her in for a casting which i wasn't able to attend for some reason i can't remember why um but i wasn't able to be there for that very first casting so again just watched the the film of it and i was like i think i think this is right but let's get her and duran together and uh and so and that was the the point was like okay yeah no we found them this is Duran fulton brown who played yes. hunter and sophie skelton who's obviously the big star now from outlander yeah which is incredible that you found her first you yeah know I mean? i'm sure she's <laughs> done loads of other stuff her, they, they claim that they found her but we found her first yeah, yeah of course of course you did <laughs> so it's yeah. great so now you've got your core cast yeah how then do you go about shooting it in terms of finding the locations like you say you used Epping Forest but in terms of you've got to get your swords you've got to get your armour in you've got to get yeah. your so locations was a big thing we found someone who had some space and I was going to sort of just borrow a bit of car parking space uh, or to talk to him to, ba- to try and borrow some car parking space and I went and uh, met with this with Bill and he went I do have this other place hmm. this place in Caxton and I was like, oh, oh, that look. And he showed me a picture and I was like, well, that looks, that looks huge. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we, you know. Anyway, we went and checked it out and I went, this is, this is huge, but this is cool. And this is a car park. No, this was, <laughs> this was Caxton's, this was a. Uh, they shot uh, the Dead Marshes in a car park. I mean, on yeah, the yeah. I mean, it can you be You shot done. yours and some of yours well, in a car yeah, park. Basically. So, uh, no, this was a warehouse that used to be used as sort of a paint factory thing. Got yeah. And so talked talk to Bill and managed to do a deal with Bill. So again, don't ask, don't get. There you go. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so we we took over this this place for almost six months. And 
or despite at, the, at first going, we'll just use a little bit. We used the whole place. Keep in pushing the end. out a bit further, yeah. a bit further. Yeah, it's like, still here today. No, we'll use over that area. <laughs> I there, mean, then. like yeah, he just gave us the whole. Like we had the whole place. So like office, we had production office, we had makeup and costume spaces, we had a uh, big green like, green room that expanded into a bigger green room because we had so many extras. Uh, huge work <laughs> workshop space that was a big prop, store for props and costumes and and wood, <laughs> a lot of wood, and then became our interior sets and and just yeah that huge car park became our back lot for the studio and we built an entire medieval village basically and um Love which this. sounds crazy but yeah. it gave it, it it was it was a lot of work but it also we had the freedom we had a whole you know we had months to build it mm-hmm. um and then and we could build a 360 set so you could design it essentially you could design how you want to shoot it by you know this is the setup this is what i want exactly so it just gave us a lot more freedom and obviously we were restricted again because we were doing it ourselves so you know uh, one of the reasons, interestingly, that our aspect ratio is uh, is two three five, mm-hmm. is because most of the buildings have no roofs. Ah, got <laughs> it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah it makes so sense. They you can't go shoot eight any feet, <laughs> and then there's a little. There's maybe a, you know uh, um, half a meter of corn pretending to be a roof, because it's, and then it stops. It, uh, isn't that amazing? As filmmakers, we we go see a location, we go, yeah, this will work really well. It's six foot high. Yes, yeah, fine. It's got no roof. That's not a problem. Then you go. You put a camera in later and you go, oh shit, what yeah. are we going to do now? We have to do close-ups or push... Yeah, yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? So, You've got so to think about that. we deliberately chose a, a, a wide aspect ratio to help us with that a lot because right. we're in the village a lot. Yeah. Um, and crew was easy to get, was it? Because again, you're not really paying much. It's- yes and no. I mean, uh, so again, a lot of people came on board uh, either through knowing us or other people who had gotten board. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one area we really struggled with and was quite a crucial area was makeup yes um we and because you've got a quite a, it's, you've got the mark on a face but yes. you've got this uh, you know the stabs the look the mud the it's got to look worn in it's got to look good yeah mm. and and so we and the mark especially was a bit of a nightmare to sort out um because it, it we had you know i had this sort of idea of this sort of originally a sort of bioluminescent sort of thing that maybe sort of like almost ripple wants to feel organic it mm. needs to look like it's a sort of a thing coming from within all this sort of stuff and you try that with makeup it's so hard yeah. and again like yes if we could have got a special effects makeup artist as our head makeup person but with no budget that was really difficult to do and in the end our kind of one of our main makeup uh, people became um, was a student who'd never done any film stuff before and yeah. we, we kind of dragged her in really and she suddenly was like I can't she, you know she says in her the interviews I, I can't do this I can't do this <laughs> but like and she but she did it she you know and yes it would take two hours pretty much to get the mark on every day and, and the big plans for like well we'll get one of those those tattoos and, mm-hmm. you know fake tattoos and we'll use that get but, a real tattoo yeah, yeah. stick a tattoo probably would have been easier because <laughs> obviously you'd now somewhere in the middle of we pretty nowhere. much in the middle of nowhere yeah, yeah. so like, how did you manage that and getting food there all that sort of stuff so uh well michelle golder our um producer slash production manager slash everything everything yeah. i mean she because as soon as we were filming i was now directing and so everything. you can't so produce as i can't harder. i can't be in the office making things happen so she was there she was the like the little legs beneath the duck i mean she did such a stunning job <laughs> that's I a great, that. that's <laughs> great analogy for a producer she i is. am the legs beneath the spinning duck <laughs> i love that Every it produce, doesn't bigger up put, enough i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like she you know so 
to me, there's a lot of things that I almost don't know how these things happened. We were fed every day and well, and and it was because people like Michelle, sometimes Michelle would literally be cooking or some she'd managed to get some other volunteer in mm-hmm. to cook. Or, uh, you know, we tried to we tried to do it almost a bit more professionally and got, got in a van, a sort of like a Mexican sort of burrito van yeah. one day. And it, it was, they were lovely, but it just didn't work because one because it, they weren't a, a film thing so they weren't ready for it and That's they literally it, yeah. were asking every single extra on our big day what do you want and oh. they're wrapping and it took forever and we've had that <laughs> it's true you've got to make sure you get film people even the more expensive sometimes yeah, we just needed they pre-made. know what they have to deliver all at the same time when you're ready not yeah. when they're ready yeah. it's about you because you might go over an hour for lunch so it's like okay well, yeah and this yeah. is all cold now yeah I had a fold away sofa, sofa bed in the production office that I would usually camp down on uh, and there was a lot of blow up beds in the ma- the makeup room became a big place where people camped downstairs there were it was tent village so our act some of our actors so sophie sophie was sensible and she went back to michelle's and like had a proper bed but like but that means but she had she, to come in early but then she was getting the makeup done anyway and well, her, yeah so costume, exactly so, right. so um but yeah there was a little tent village for, for duran and nick both camped there when they when they were down and mm-hmm. so, so it was kind of and, and it meant that you know at three in the morning we were sometimes having nerf battles <laughs> but do you know what that whole thing it even sounds fun it you know was. I mean? you sort of go you'll never forget that yeah. those people who worked on that and worked their asses off for, for nothing for peanuts will never forget that a wonderful bubble what happened yeah. and just it's there forever you know yeah. and that's why it's so nice that it's done so well yeah. and you can just go yeah no they're proud of it you yeah. know so yeah yeah we did that we helped and it was horrible and hard but do you know what that's why we do it yeah yeah, exactly which is great I didn't have a question at the end of that no, I just sort great. of faded out with a, with a this is where you play triumphant music <laughs> <laughs> it's Come true. Back in with-, with Ren one of the things I know I personally was like I want to make sure I get this done too mm. which is I want to get to know people I want to feel like I have uh, experience, the experience of making the show the, back to the days of watching the DVD of Lord of the Rings and going yeah. these guys are having a great time and it's like this is this is all part of it because because yeah it becomes that bubble and yes you get this thing at the end but make sure that you enjoy the experience of it as well uh, even even if you don't get enough sleep <laughs> yeah and you won't no. any film I could just you're not you going to get anyway. just, so you might as well just embrace that from exactly. now you're not going to sleep so get your camp bed out and if you get some sleep on it great good for you yeah. but if not here's a Nerf gun yeah. so from there from the shoot which sounds so much fun and it's great that you said I'm going to have fun because actually after the dare where I didn't have as much fun I let the actors do their thing and I tried to stay away as much as possible which was very hard but there was it was, it was such a tough shoot so on King Arthur I was very much like I'm going to enjoy that just as much as I can in the rain and doing all that sort of stuff with horses and playing with swords um, uh, so moving on to the edit then because you know doing this it was you edited as well with everyone else there's a few of you who who edited it how what was that process like sort of putting it all together and then getting it out there onto youtube you know how yeah. how was the edit so i was mostly uh doing that on my own and then help and and then once once it was sort of compiled together a lot more i was able to uh to um, get a friend, uh, si- Simon, who is a professional editor, who obviously I would have loved to have just handed over to. Of course him. you would, yeah. Um, but it was like this is that isn't going to be possible. But can I can I take some of your time? And I literally would load my my Mac at the time into my car in the passenger and drive to his down in London. Oh my god! And then unload it, and then we'd be we sit there for a few hours going through 
the edit um, and sort of going, have you got this shot? What about this? Or maybe tighten this. Yeah. Chris and I both kind of edited Born of Hope. Which is incredible. Again. Again, yeah, you, and I think, I think I probably did Into the Darkness. So we kind of learned through filmmaking, I was always doing the editing side of things. I have more of a skill for narrative editing, like linear editing than I do for anything else. Um, uh, but... Uh, but yeah, like it's an, it's an interesting, again, it's all useful for the learning process. Um, but even then, you know, we, you think you got enough coverage and you still find something missing. You're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like Simon would be like, have you got the shot where she looks, have you got that reverse? And I'm like, no, 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 we didn't get that. <laughs> no, no, we got everything it, else. Yeah, just, like there's so many shots it. from, the, and we didn't get that one shot. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and actually like through that process, uh, we, we did decide to do a, a pickup shoot a year later oh, um, wow. okay. of something so we could do, we couldn't do everything, but we did a bunch of stuff with a bunch of extras um, just to enhance our episode four more than anything. I see. So that was really interesting. Fine. Did you always know that it was going to be 10 minutes per episode in terms of, was that always the format going in? Yes. We, we had written it in that way. So it was, it was written with, you know, this is the end of this episode. This is the end of this episode. Uh, and originally, I think the very f uh, at the very start, the idea was to maybe make six episodes, mm. and and uh, and then we were struggling with the fifth, ep the sixth episode, a, a bunch when we were through writing it because um and and in the end because uh, we couldn't quite settle on it and because also it became sort of where we're heading in in this, these new episodes now. But it, it was sort of like we'd ended the fifth episode on such a high that the next one being like uh you know a conversation between ren and hunter or whatever going who are you who are you and it felt like it was going to sort of end on a bit of a low and we're like now like is it better we've got all this action built up like should we just end it there sounds uh, like a smart move yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that's because a lot of even with the kind of age of netflix where supposedly you know you could just let the content dictate what the length of certain things is even then you sometimes find a lot of shows where they're sort of you feel like they're having to pad stuff out to fit a certain runtime or to fit a certain number of episodes per season so it's really encouraging to have that flexibility that you could actually let the content dictate the format to a certain extent yeah, yeah. that is something nice about the internet that yes uh, we i sort of say there are five ten minute episodes but they're they all fluctuate a bit mm. so um but we, we don't have to go, oh, we have to cut stuff out of this one to make yeah. it 10 or we don't have to pad you're, this you're with something. You're not bound too much by formula. You no, of, yeah. exactly, which makes it nice. But And I, I always think of the first season and, and the, the the way we're writing the show is more, it's almost like an episode, but and the and the end of the episodes are like the ad breaks you'd get mm. in any other show. So they, yeah. they leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger and then we're yeah. back into the next bit. There's That's kind of mini how arcs that you're doing. Yeah. Which episodes. is so important. And I think obviously you'll be doing that in the, the second season. That's the plan for the next one. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Super exciting. Uh, so those of you who do enjoy filmmaking and enjoy this do look at the website do look at the crowdfunder uh, on kickstarter um is it it's got a new name is it ren something else um, now so uh no it's still, still ren the girl, the girl with, with the mark, the mark. Okay. um although we are we we never named our episodes last time and then but we're planning to start naming them we'll probably go back and name the other ones as well so we can yeah. make it a little easier um but yeah like on kickstarter it's easy enough to find you can literally just type in ren uh, and it will come up, but it's. I think we're Ren the Girl with the Mark new episodes of fantasy series or something like that. But we're pretty easy to find. Um, yeah, and the Kickstarter runs until the 29th of February mm -hmm. at pretty much midnight. We're going till 11:59 on Do the Saturday. It. Hours we did. We um, made it by. Th 
30 seconds. We've yeah. made the, the actual target by oh, 30 oh, seconds. Wow. So if they on the edge, Joe. No, yeah. well, we didn't mean to. <laughs> so 11.59 on the 28th of yeah, February. Yeah, we planned 29th, 29th of February. Make yes. sure you're on there. And if you haven't pledged by that point, pledge. To come, get. come. basically we're going to be doing a live stream probably for most of that day. Yeah, so we come join well. us for that. And yeah. we'll be doing a big old push. Can't wait. Just just go out and pledge now, I'd say. I mean, just, like, thank you, Robin. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're you not can always someone, up it later. If you're not someone who sort of does kind of crowdfunding, like pledges to crowdfunding, I highly recommend you do because you actually, I think the email updates are really nice to get and you sort of keep, you're yeah. reminded that, yeah, you're supporting something that's mm. like made by, you know, a passionate group of people and it's not just, you know, if you're someone who sees trailers when you go to the cinema and you complain that like, oh, everything's just remakes, it's studio properties out there, you know, you, you, if you, if you actively complain about that, it's your duty to go out and pledge to these kinds Absolutely. of projects. Absolutely, and you because, feel part of yeah. something, and that's really nice forever. It's yeah, yours, exactly. All those people who pledge for Ren the first series, it's they, theirs. Yeah, that, absolutely. We could not have made it without them, mm-hmm. and all the volunteers that then came on set as well. Like hundreds of people worked on the first season, and, the, and exactly the same is going to be the case this time. Thousands, like probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if people want to get involved, maybe send you to say, "Look, I'll help volunteer for this one." There's any filmmakers out there who go, "Hey, I want to get involved and help you." Yeah. Well, I, I f- firstly, I would also point out that um again go look at the kickstarter page because there's some stuff on there that's great for we've, we've tried to tailor our rewards for various people yeah. in our audience you can shadow you on set or you can yeah. shadow the dop mm. yes yeah. exactly so if you're a filmmaker and you probably are listening to this mm-hmm. um then do check out the rewards because yeah we've got uh we've got things like being an extra which is really fun and we've got a couple of we had one of our extras from last time as in our featured he was a featured extra in the last uh season and he is he's um put in a bid now for the deluxe extra experience which we have yeah it's our deluxe extra experience we've got a couple of people doing that and and that is um you get to keep your outfit. Is yeah, that right? so, yeah. So Miriam is going to design and make a costume specially for you wow. that's going to work for the show. And then you get to go on set, be that person in costume. And then you can take that costume home with you and wear it as many times as you want, which is <laughs> like bed. such a cool idea. How about um, that, folks? There yeah. you go, folks. What more do you want? But yeah, but yes, you can shadow the DOP and myself. And, and if you shadow uh, Neil, he uh, you also, one of the rewards you would also get is is his lighting course that he's done. So there's a four-hour lighting course on there. Um, so if you're interested, then check it out. You can only find it at the moment through the Kickstarter. So I highly recommend that. Do that. That's Neil. Yeah, a great opportunity. Yeah, shout out to you. Thank you for setting this up. Really appreciate it. Um, Listen, this has been fantastic and fascinating. I can can natter at you guys for hours. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) We love it. And where can people follow you yourself so then they can also get... Yes. So, uh, yeah. So giving some social information out there. So for myself, it's uh, like Twitter and things is at Actors at Work. Um, Mm -hmm. And also for Ren and things is at Ren the Series. You can find us on most things. Uh, And Mythica Entertainment is also where we are on... on, uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram and various things. Uh, so yeah, and and I think katemadison.net is also my website, which I probably should update more often. There you go. <laughs> but well, yeah, come find us there. Yeah, we'll do. It. I'll put as links to as many as those as I can in the show notes. But I'm sure one will lead to the other as well. So I'll absolutely, put the best yeah, they're one. all interlinking. Perfect. Robbie, where can they follow you? 
It's at Robbie McCain at Twitter. You know, Giles. Uh, you can follow me at Giles Alderson or at Filmmakers Pod or our website, filmmakerspodcast.com, where you can get nearly 150 uh, episodes now on how to make films and web series and TVs. It's free. What have you got to lose? If you enjoy this, do subscribe. It makes a big difference. And write a review. That also really helps us. Write yeah. a lovely review and say, hey, you guys are ace. Because yeah. And are. tell your friends. Tell so your important. Friends. Tell your I, friends who are filmmakers. I, I'm just going to add another little plug for the Kickstarter yeah. by saying the same thing, that uh, you do not have to go to the Kickstarter and pledge money if you cannot afford to, but please do spread the word because... Mm like sharing and social boosting of all these sort of things podcasts and, and things or anything that you like tell other people about it so that they can like it too i totally agree but what's your lowest pledge is it a pound or yeah we literally yeah. have so, a, so a pound stick pledge. a pound in and then you part the team and, and you get the updates yeah. and you yeah. feel part of it's something. literally worth you know like it, you yeah. can't even think of something it's, it's worth exactly. not even a packet of chew it no exactly it's nothing and and that will get you into our back so basically it'll get you into the next sort of section of of the camp after the campaign we got a back kit pledge uh, manager and then there'll be other you can a la carte a little bit there okay. and just go oh i want that i want that so you can make that decision later if you're not sure at the moment just put in the pound one and then you can you can sort of like figure it out you as the campaign goes on treat it as like it's a daily dose or you know it's a it's a like regular dose of inspiration yeah for, you know getting those emails totally love it um there you go thank you so much for listening i uh, appreciate your time in doing so and do support whatever you can with indie filmmakers remember um you can go out and make your indie film know who your audience is and get out there and do it and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well robbie you send the elevator back down thank you very much for joining us kate really appreciate your time you're welcome and we will see you all next tuesday take care go make your film bye-bye <laughs>